how is this girl not like crying in a ball every night? Hey guys, this is Thinking Out Loud. Welcome back to another episode all about our favorite symptom of overworking, burnout. I'm Maida. I'm Aria. I'm Sandy. And I hate burnout. So <laughs> let's get started. I think the thing about burnout that no one realizes is that it's a lot more serious than people commonly perceive it, right? Like people are like, oh, um, you worked too hard, you're burning out. Like it's it's viewed as a very minor thing but like and even I did this but after like all the research that I did for the topic I realized just how severe it actually is you know yeah it's so much more than just like stress and the funny part is like I was like looking at all these symptoms right and I I felt like I fit into so many of them like so many of these symptoms were literally what I was experiencing but at the same time, I never knew that I was experiencing burnout. I just, I was like, no, nah, like, I'm just like, I'm just putting in too much work or whatever, whatever. Right. And I was like, there's a term for that. <laughs> and I was like, check, 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 check. Oh, wait. Dude, literally. Cause like, I think it's become so standard for like our generation or at least like our, like the people we surround ourselves with to just like be in an eternal state of just being like, overwhelmed and emotionally drained and just like overworked that it's become almost like a normal thing and sometimes it's hard to like take a step back and be like that's not okay yeah. <laughs> like there's something wrong here yeah I know I think like uh, a lot of us work really hard and that's awesome also it can get bad for you sometimes man I know, like a lot of our norms is staying up late, um, doing homework or finishing up an assignment, um, <clears throat> having to spend all of our weekends, like the entirety of our weekend, which is supposed to be me time, like like relaxing time on schoolwork and extracurricular work, um, not having evenings for ourselves. Like all of this has just become so normalized that we don't even realize that we're not setting aside any time for ourselves. And so all of that lack of like personal time leads to Built up of stress leads to overwhelming um oh feelings of overwhelmedness what being overwhelmed. <laughs> being overwhelmed leads to burnout eventually and see work hard is good right like every we've been told that our entire lives work hard that's a good thing but what is not good is when it gets to a point where you're facing extreme senses of like emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion. That's not good for anybody. And that can cause a lot of like mental stress and a lot of like mental health issues later on if it, if it continues to progress. And no one should ever feel like emotionally drained or like overwhelmed or like having or have to like feel like they have to constantly meet some sort of demand or expectation of them. And that like, them not being able to take any time out of, out for themselves because they consider that as a bad thing and they feel like they're wasting time yeah I know. so no one should ever feel like that yeah I know that was a big thing for me to kind of overcome I have always had this mentality where like if I'm not doing something productive I am wasting time so I'd feel super guilty taking any sort of breaks because I was like I am wasting time and hence I'm screwing my entire life up which is just like absolutely ridiculous now looking back, but it crops up from time to from time to time, and that's when I like realized that I'm starting to experience burnout. For example, like I was studying for AP exams recently, 
and I was doing like five hours of revising a day and I was sleeping for like maybe three or four hours a night and it was a mess and I was like I knew I was burning myself out but at the same time I felt so guilty for taking any breaks that I wouldn't let myself calm down from it yeah no and Meds and I do this thing where we do daily updates every day so I was viewing her like daily updates and she would have like review AP unit 1.3, review AP unit 1.4, up until like 2.3, and then data homework, and then English homework, and then extracurricular things, and her list would just go on and on and on and on, and I'd be like scrolling down, like, where's the end, and I would get so overwhelmed for her, and I'd be like, how is this girl not like crying in a ball every night? That's your problem, you assumed I wasn't crying in a ball every night. I know, I mean, I figured you were. Yeah, honestly, as this is like if as, as you continue to feel stressed like all the time, you're gonna you're gonna start to like lose interest or motivation that you had at the start, and you're just gonna not want to do anything at all, and then you're gonna want to crawl up into a ball and stay in bed, right? Yeah, and the loss of motivation is actually part of the five stages of burnout. The first of which is the honeymoon phase, but then that loss of motivation comes between the honeymoon and the onset of stress phases. Yeah, so the honeymoon phase basically is like everything's perfectly fine and everything's like nice and dandy. <laughs> but you know, you're like satisfied with your what you're doing. You're putting in the hours. You have high productivity levels. You're. You, can you hear that? Yeah. There's like Victoria Day fireworks going on. Again, right now. It's fine. It's not. Oh. Okay, it sounded like someone was crying. It just sounded like know. something was hitting her roof. Okay. I heard like um, rain pause, but I also heard like whimpering. Okay. Anyways, yeah. So the honeymoon phase is like this phase where you, you know, everything's perfectly fine. Like everything's nice and dandy. You are, you know, we have high productivity levels. You're actually getting stuff done. Um, you're really satisfied with your work. Um, so it's like it's all like a really good time, you know, where you're like, yes, I'm getting stuff done. Like, let's go, you know, high motivation levels, all that, right? Perfect work experience or whatever you want to call it right but at the end of the honeymoon phase is where you start to like feel a little bit of stress because you're like okay maybe it's a lot a lot of work but it's okay I can still do it you know yeah and I think for me like I divide the honeymoon phase into like two or three separate phases right so that starts with like like really needing to prove yourself so that's like working obsessively, obsessing over like grades for students quite often, right? So for me, that would be like, I need to get a level five on all of my AP exams, right? And what that leads to is this like inability to switch off or stop working hard, right? Like Arya mentioned, when you feel like taking a break is unproductive and you look constantly like, I need to be doing something productive, right? And I think what that leads to is kind of like the next stage, which the next stage of burnout, which would, which includes like when you're neglecting your needs, like when you're not sleeping enough or eating enough or like not talking to people as much as you were. Yeah. And just to connect to that first thing that Mayla said, I think that's why, um, at least for me and a lot of people I know during the school semester, a lot of people have higher midterm marks than final marks. Like grade 10 math, um, I had 103 at midterm, and then that like drastically dropped for finals. How do you right? So <laughs> I have bonus marks on every single test until like after midterms. Um, you wonder why I call you a nerd. 
Thank you. All right, so that leads us into the second stage of um, this whole burnout thing. Uh, and that leads us into the second stage, which is so at the point where some of the days are getting a little harder, right? Um, but it's not like it's not, it's not like a big deal at this point. It's like, okay, I'm feeling stressed a little bit. I'm getting a little bit overwhelmed, but you can, you, you still pull through, right? You're still able to get all your stuff done, even though it's difficult, right? And basically the stage is called onset of stress. So you start to stress, you become stressy spaghetti. Um, you start to like experience anxiety about your work. You're unable to like focus. So like, I know sometimes when I, when I was going through this phase, like I was unable to like focus in meetings and things like that, right? Um, and then are like focus in class and then job dissatisfaction, which is like, you're not happy with your work, which is pretty self-explanatory. You're not sleeping enough. You have lower productivity rates than when you first started and you forget things a lot, right? So like for me, forgetfulness is like not realizing that I had a test on Wednesday and then not realizing that I have to study for and then not studying for and then going and bombing the test altogether, right? Uh, and one of the last things that is pretty prominent is fatigue. So feeling like constantly tired and just wanting to like stay in bed forever, you know? That's depressing. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I always feel like I want to stay in bed together. Together? together? My words aren't working today. I always feel like I want to stay in bed forever. To be fair, it's nine o'clock, so we're not judging you. Yeah. As soon as Sam started talking about all the depressing stuff, the little light that she had in the window just went down. Damn. Oh. That's so sad. <laughs> Um, so after onset of stress comes chronic stress, and that's essentially onset of stress on steroids, right? Like that's when you go from stressy spaghetti to depresso espresso, espresso depresso? Espresso depresso. That's when you go from stressy spaghetti to espresso depresso. And so basically everything is just heightened, right? Your anxiety is heightened. You're relying a lot more on vices, whether that vice mean, means caffeine, alcohol, drugs, um, any of that, those are all like more extreme. You're missing more deadlines. You're extremely, extremely tired. You might be um, withdrawing socially from friends and family. Um, you're gonna continue procrastinating, just extreme exhaustion, apathy, a lot of the stuff that appeared in onset of stress again, but like a lot more extreme. And so this is this is where it starts to become dangerous, right? Like. In the second stage, it was not healthy. And like, in the second stage, it was still unhealthy, but salvageable. With chronic stress, you're genuinely becoming a lot more critical. And so you should be seeking treatment or like actively trying to help yourself. Yeah, and I know you mentioned one of like the, the symptoms is like social withdrawal from friends and, and friends and family. I know for all of us, we were working on like a pretty big, big project a while ago. And uh, we were working on like a pretty big project a while ago and we we were literally constantly working like this like this project literally did not like let us have a break we were working for like six hours straight a week non-stop on top of that balancing schoolwork and the podcast and everything right so it was a, it was a lot and at this point I feel like our friend group almost entirely stopped talking to each other unless it was work related and like, and I could meet, like, like that, that literally, we, we would only talk for podcast related stuff. And we would never have like fun calls. And I remember we had like a conversation about this. We were like, guys, 
stop having fun calls what's going on all right and um yeah i think that was that was a point where i think we were all facing like this whole chronic stress situation and the interesting thing about our friend group specifically is that like we're always on call right on the group chat we'll be like anyone want to call and anyone who's free will be like yeah but so we're there's like a combination of minimum two people constantly on call 24 7 right so if we're going through this dry spell where no one is talking um or if we're going through this period where there's like a particularly a particular few people who just aren't on call like that's the nice thing we know that they might be extremely extremely stressed or we know that we might they might be going through like burnout or whatever because of how frequent our calls are sorry you guys are mad yeah sorry but um yeah, for sure. And I think another thing that's important and good about that is like the fact that we've got the support system that will help pull us out of like the state of burnout. It like it people notice what's going on. For example, my amazing, perfect, spectacular friends got me like face masks and stuff once I finished AP exams and it was the sweetest thing in the universe. And like that really like I think doing like things like that, or even like small things, right? Like messaging your friend and being like, yo, I noticed you've been kind of withdrawn lately on, you haven't been on calls as much. You seem really stressed. Are you okay? Is there any way I can help out? I think having that sort of support system to reach out to you when you're experiencing chronic stress is really valuable. I 100% agree. And I think like if it weren't for you guys, like, like I, I think like a lot of us would not have been able to like get through like hard times that we've been having to face. Um, last while. Um, and another thing that I think is like amazing about our friend group at least is that like when we realize that like stuff like this is happening, like we're pulling back, you know, we're not spending as much time together actually as a friend group, right? And like doing things that friends do, not what colleagues do. We're able to like realize this and we're able to realize that there is like some offset in our pace and then we're able to pull back and then like, analyze what, what's happening. And we're like, okay, how can we work on this, right? I think that's a really good thing because like knowing that there's a support system that's constantly like like trying to make you a better person, but also trying to be better for each other and just trying to be better for, I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, but I think just having that system is a really good thing. Yeah, and I think it's important because like, when you're experiencing chronic stress, you haven't exactly reached burnout yet, right? Burnout's the state of right after chronic stress where things get a million times worse. Yay! Right, so burnout's when you're like experiencing headaches or like you're obsessing over like tiny problems or you like feel empty inside, like not in an angsty teenager way, but in a way that's like problematic where you feel empty inside and you're super pessimistic right or like you get you feel withdrawn to the point where you want to like move away from like the entire world and become like a nomad because I know like sometimes when I'm super stressed I like legitimately consider just like becoming a nomad and like piecing out of this whole like civilization thing how much easier would life be if that did happen probably a lot harder considering we wouldn't have like clean water or electricity. Okay, let's screw that. <laughs> That's overrated. Yeah. Okay, Arya. Listen to our BAMP episode to see how overrated Arya thinks civilization is. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. She's crying about not having her like lit her like silk bed sheets. Arya, you really you really just want basic survival needs? Who needs that? No one. Anyways, I know like the whole wanting to move away from civilization thing literally is what happened to me like a couple weeks ago where I was like I was like going through a lot of stuff with like schoolwork and like and like my, I have a job and like I was like I just I was just balancing a bunch of stuff at the same time right and at this point I was like really what's the point of living here anymore I should just run away I have a bag I have a suitcase I have to a car I just, I'll just run away it's fine right but then I was like wait 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 that's like really bad <laughs> But, you know, that's, that's a really, I think that's, like, a really real thing that, like, a lot, like, I think a lot of teenagers experience. Yeah, but, no, this stage is where um, a lot of the more, beha- more emotional symptoms from, like, the last few stages start to manifest into actual physical, tangible symptoms that you can see, right? Like, the moving away from society, um, literally becoming sick, like, like, nausea, 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 not nausea nausea (laughs) um headaches like all of that as well as like behavioral symptoms yeah and I think a big behavioral symptom at least for me is the like obsession over small problems thing like I know when I'm super stressed or experiencing burnout if I get even like the smallest mistake on something I'll massively obsess over it and I'll be like wow I'm a failure i messed up this one tiny question and hence i am not going to amount to anything in life the rabbit hole it's intense (laughs) and it gets so severe to the point where you just start to ignore your basic needs as a human being like eating and sleeping and drinking water um they're all things that you guys should do listeners please do that if you haven't drank water today go get yourself a glass right now but yeah you start to ignore what you really need to survive yeah this is the stage where if you haven't gotten help like seeked help before you definitely need to now because it's not it's not possible to continue living normally on a day-to-day basis within this stage i think after that is like the stage i personally have been i haven't gotten this bad ever but like, it's a very scary possibility to approach the stage of like habitual burnout, where you're basically eternally in a state of burnout because it's become so embedded into your life, you know? And yeah, like Maida said, habitual burnout is just living in a constant state of perpetual like burnout, right? When it becomes so normalized to you that even though you're in this state where all other human beings would look at you and be like, how are you functioning? You're, you're just barely getting by, but you're still getting by because of how normalized it is within you. And this is when, this is when the mental illnesses really start to like worsen, right? Like depression, chronic sadness, anxiety, like extreme, extreme anxiety, mental fatigue, physical fatigue, right? Like everything is just worsening and worsening. Yeah, and at this point you experience the burnout syndrome. That does not sound like a fun party. What do you mean? It sounds so fun. Maria, <laughs> you need a therapist. Already got one. I know. <laughs> the hearing about like all these like stages is like low key stressing me out. Is that just me? Like nope. no, I'm, I'm like worried that I'm gonna like get into habitual burnout and be like a mess and start calling people. I don't 
Yep. Okay, but then I think what's important is like, even if you know the stages, right? You can't really prevent yourself from having burnout if you don't know what the causes are, right? So I think for me, a big cause of burnout is like having a lack of control. And I think that shows up a lot with school when you don't have like autonomy over the things you're doing, right? And you don't have a say in decisions that impact your life, especially when it's like your professional life or your career. I think for me, that's like a big cause of burnout because I feel like I'm working towards something that like doesn't exist or I don't have a say in, but I feel like I need to keep working towards it. And that's when I really feel like I start feeling super overworked and overwhelmed, right? When I don't have like, when I don't have control over what's going on in my life. Yeah, I think, I think for me, um, again, the rabbit hole, which works in two directions for me, causes me to burn out. So for example, the first way that the rabbit hole like works for me is if I screw up on something small, minor, like Mavis said earlier, um, and then that'll just cause me to spiral and be like, I made this one little mistake, I'm going to continue making mistakes, like this grade isn't going to be good enough to get me where I want to go. And then that'll just cause me to lose all motivation because I'll be like, what's the point, right? Like I got this mark on this. So what's the point? I'm going to get, I'm going to fail this course anyway, right? And that happened last night. I was my rational functions test was released and I think I got an 89 because I screwed up a couple multiple choices and I was like I my average was so high I just pulled it way down this is a grade 12 course like what am I going to do and I have been struggling to do my trig homework all day because I think there's genuinely like a mental block after seeing that mark from last night and it's ridiculous because Aria is massive brain cap um, <laughs> the second way that the rabbit hole works is in the opposite direction. So thinking about my future, thinking about how there's so much, there's such a high unemployment rate. Um, our generation is going to be like struggle with costs more than any previous generation, just because of how expensive housing is, how expensive gas uh, or bills are, right? Like everything is going to be hiked up. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if I'll get the job I want. I don't know if I don't, universities are extremely, extremely competitive, right? So it's just like, well, I'm one person out of 7 billion people. And obviously like a bunch of those 7 billion people are eliminated in terms of competition, but there's still so many people out there that what chance do I stand in the world? So what's the point of doing anything right now? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think similarly to that, um, one, one thing that causes me a lot of burnout personally is the lack of recognition or reward for my work. So like, I remember we used to do these things called like, uh, I think we still do them, but like shout outs. And it's like, it's like, oh, shout out to this person for doing this and shout out to this person for doing that. Right. But it's like, when, when I, when I see other people being recognized for things that like they're doing which is great like I'm so happy for these people for being recognized and I'm so happy for all the things that they're doing but when I'm also putting in a lot of work and like stressing myself out, out over stuff constantly like doing my best that I can 
but then none of that stuff gets recognized. None of the work that you put in gets recognized. None of your accomplishments get recognized because they're not as good as the other people. I think that's what causes me extreme burnout because at that point, again, like Arya said, you know, I'll be like, what's the point of doing anything, doing anything anyways? Because I'm not getting recognized for it anyways, right? Yeah, that's super frustrating. And I definitely agree with that. Like if your extrinsic and intrinsic rewards don't meet the amount of effort and time you're putting in, then like, at least for me, I feel like the investment of my time I'm putting into something is not worth the payoff. And then it's like, why bother doing anything if no one's gonna care? Yeah, I think it's that feeling of like, it, it's that feeling of, I think it's that feeling of feeling super underappreciated, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what's really interesting about like everything that all of us said is that a lot of people would look at us and listen to us and be like, okay, well, why aren't you using those as motivators? And like, that's fair, right? Like a lot of these can be used as motivators, right? Like work harder to get that recognition, work harder to eliminate the competition and make sure you stand out work harder um, to get better grades instead of focusing on that one bad grade. But what people don't realize is when you're when you're in that state, right? When you're falling into that trap of burnout and when you're starting to get caught up in the stages, it's hard to focus on the positives, right? When all you see is the negatives, when you're being bombarded by the negatives and the consequences of those negatives, it's so hard to see anything else. I think also part of it is like, we're always told to focus on what you can improve on. Right? or at least for me, like in the way I was raised, it was always kind of like focus on how you can improve and not really on the, like the success of your successes, successes you've had, just like constantly focus on the next thing you need to do. And that gets exhausting because like, I'm, for me, I feel like I need to constantly focus on the negatives to improve on them, right? Like if I get a bad grade, I can't be like, oh, that's okay, it was just one grade because then I feel like, oh, so you're okay with this bad grade. Like your standards have dropped this low, right? And it's like a mental thing where I feel like I cannot be positive about places where I slip up because then my standards are dropping. I think what's super interesting about that too is like, I think every single person has a different cause of burnout, right? Like something that something that causes me burnout might not cause somebody else burnout. Like, uh, like, like Mina said, you know, oh, like that one bad grade, and it's like, oh, look, my standards are dropping so low. But for me, when I get a bad grade, I'm like, hey, look, it's fine. Like, I'll just I'll just do better next time, right? I'll just work harder. So it's like not a big deal to me, but it's a big deal to Mina. And I think like realizing that distinction in the causes is, ex is extremely important to understand your state. Wait, Sans, I'm actually so curious. Then, what is one of your causes of burnout? I think one of my causes of burnout is 100% working in like a chaotic high pressure environment. And I think I never like, okay, I've always thought like, like, okay, up until two months ago, I was like, no, yeah, like I'm, I work perfectly, perfectly under pressure. I work better under pressure. Like I told myself all these things, right? Because uh, I wanted a retail job. And I was like, no, like I'll do something. Like I'm great at this. And then I got my job, right? And it's like, um, my job was like working at a juice bar and basically at this juice bar, it's like just me by myself. And there's like a hundred customers that come at the same time. And I'm like, like trying to like run across the kitchen from one end to the other, trying to like do their, make their drinks and like food or whatever. 
right? And I think every time at the end of my shift, once everything was done, I would just sit down and I would, I would just like, I was, I was done. Like I couldn't, I just like constantly had this feeling of like, I want to leave. I want to leave. I can't do this anymore. Like I'm feeling so overwhelmed. It would like come up to my neck. And I would like, at one point, I think at work, there were so many customers. I started crying like in front of all the customers. It was, oh, it was so embarrassing, <laughs> but it was like, some people work perfectly under that because I know like another person who I work with, she does so well under these pressure situations, but like literally broke down. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Like, this is ridiculous, right? So that's 100% like, like one thing that causes me a lot of burnout. No, but that sounds miserable, Sans. Like having that, just like the idea of it is so scary. Yeah, it's kind of tiring, not gonna lie. <laughs> and I like, I kind of know what you mean, but like not really, because I don't think I've ever been in that like high pressure environment, but I kind of get the thing about like workload, right? I think when you have a workload that matches your capacity to do work, that's when you're most productive and efficient and getting that work done. Because also then you also have like opportunities to like rest and recover, right? So be that like, take a bath, like a bath bomb or do a face mask or something of the sort, right? But when you feel like chronically overloaded, like if you're studying for AP exams or if you have a million customers at once, those opportunities to like restore your balance and rest just like straight up don't exist. And that's another cause of burnout. Yeah, it's like biting more than you can chew, right? It's just not possible. Yeah. It's not possible unless you scarf it down your throat, which is never good for anybody. Sure, both, sure. No, no, I'm serious, I'm serious, because like, think about it, right? Like, when you scarf things, something down your throat, that's basically like forcing yourself into this like cycle of burnout, which you don't want to be part of. It's not good for you. Yeah. So either you bite off more than you no, can chew and scarf it down. No, if you bite off more than you can chew, it'll stab through your cheeks and your face will explode. Okay, how are you? Um, <laughs> what are you eating nuts? Um, Girlfriend. I feel like I have a pretty good story I'd be down to share with y'all about a time I experienced burnout, right? For me, it happened over like the first summer of coronavirus, right? Um, I think a big problem I faced with COVID schooling in general was not seeing those results of the work you're putting in, right? Because it was all virtual, you're not getting like a paper back a plus on it it's just like good job eh. it didn't feel like you were getting anything out of the work you were putting in um and i massively burned out at that point um i was doing two summer school courses one in each month and during the first month i majorly majorly burned out i i'll be honest i didn't like my teacher at all for that course and I was miserable and I didn't like the course content because I was like, this is a complete waste of my time. And I just like stopped doing it. And I got a significantly worse grade on that course that I wanted to. <laughs> We're not going to share it because it was like a lot below what I wanted it to be. Um, but it sucked because I had zero motivation to do any work. But at the same time, I constantly felt overworked at the same time. 
it was the weirdest thing ever because I wasn't doing my work, but I felt overworked. Like replying to an email felt exhausting. Can I ask how you recovered from it? I think the way I recovered from it was probably not the healthiest, which was like make massively guilting myself for dropping my standards to the point where I was just like, okay, you're not allowed to burn out anymore because you're gonna get bad grades and that's gonna mess up your life. So that was probably not the most healthy way to recover, but it's what I did. You know, and I think that system, like obviously unhealthy, toxic to yourself, but that 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 mentality of guilting yourself for getting something so massively below your standards is again, so normalized, especially within the people that we surround ourselves with, right? I think we have very high standards for ourselves, very high standards for each other. And what we don't realize is, yeah, sometimes we're gonna miss the mark, whether that's by a lot or whether that's by a little bit, it's inevitable and it's gonna happen. And instead of trying to focus on how drastic we missed the mark by and beating ourselves up over it to ensure that it won't happen again, we need to put coping strategies in place um, to ensure that we are prepared for it if it does happen again, right? Start this positive cycle with ourselves instead of just hurling hurtful things at our minds. So I think the first time I majorly burned out and I saw results that were way less than I expected, I did the exact same thing. I yelled at myself, I yelled at myself. I was like, this is what's permanently gonna be on your transcript when you submit this to university, like this is what they're gonna see, right? And again, unhealthy and I don't think at the time I realized that that was a burnout. So I didn't actively try to find ways to deal with that. But then in the middle of COVID, my mom was like, okay guys, we're starting this family 28 day meditation and I hate meditation, right? So every day I was forcing myself to sit down for 30 minutes and listen to this Indian guy and be like, and I, I could barely understand him, but that's besides the point. Um, but meditation doesn't work for me. So I was like, okay, well, I can see how this is having such positive effects on my sister and my mom and my dad. So I want to find the equivalent of this for me. And so I tried exercising. I tried going on walks outdoors. Um, and eventually I tried journaling. The first two didn't work for me because I was like, exercise, I force myself to do. It's not something that calms me down. And then going on walks just makes me sneeze. But journaling allowed me to like take some time for myself, reflect on my day, um, and eat, and if I was sad, if I was mad, if I was happy, it didn't, didn't matter what I was feeling. I was just able to channel all those feelings into this small little piece of paper. And it was kind of like, um, it's kind of like a shower. Like if, you, if you're playing, I don't know why this just occurred to me, but if you're playing in the mud outside, and you're all dirty and then you go into the shower and you wipe everything off and you come out and you're sparkling clean it's like a new slate right like journaling is kind of like that for me it's like writing down everything bad that happened everything good that happened and then having a fresh blank slate to start with the next day not letting the day-to-day -day struggles affect each day does that make yeah. sense that made complete sense okay and i wish it made sense to me like i've tried journaling so many times and it's never worked the only type of journaling that works for me is like angry journaling when I'm like really mad at something I'll go and like write about it but I've never been able to journal on a day-to-day -day basis and I think that's interesting how different coping strategies work for everyone 
I'm mm -hmm. so glad that journaling works for you because every time I've tried to journal my thoughts or whatever, I just get stressed about how my grammar is wrong and then I just freak out and then I throw the book away. Grammarly type of But like, I know that's interesting though because like everyone has coping strategies that might stress someone else out massively. So while journaling might help Aria, it makes Sandy throw books away. And like, I know for me, one of my big coping strategies is like baking and cooking. I find it super peaceful, right? Because you're like creating something and then you can like eat it after, which is always fun. Um, but you're like following a recipe, right? And if you follow the recipe, you know it's gonna turn out good. So there's like no sense of risk, but then you still have like the opportunity to be creative within that. So like for me, baking or cooking is like super calming. But I know Arya hates it, and it's like the ex it has the exact opposite effect for you, right? Mm-hmm. Makes me so angry at the world. <laughs> Sense, what works for you for like a coping strategy? I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Um, I don't have a coping strategy, so I don't cope. Um, usually I like talk about my problems and hope they go away, but then they don't, and then I just like think about them all the time. Um. And then like, I'm like, okay, so I have problems. I don't know how to deal with them. So I just scream into my pillow. Like, that's what I do. Like, I, like, like it, it works for me. And like, I do two things, right? They don't, it's not my coping strategies. It's my um, push it down and make it go away strategies. I either scream at myself in the mirror or scream into a pillow or I draw stars. Um, so I do either of those things. It doesn't help me cope, but it does like, it lets me get my frustration out, right? And then I can like continue on with my day. Um, so yeah, I'd like, I think if, if any of you guys who are listening or any of you guys who are recording this podcast with me have any coping strategies that you think might work for me, feel free to let me know. I am always here for input. I'm curious in sense, because you're not actually dealing with the problem head on, you're just <clears throat> pushing it down further inside of you. Do you eventually like, does it eventually all compound and you explode? Or does it go away? I'm a forgetful person. So if I just live, leave it like pushed down for a while, I just forget. Like I just forget about the problem, right? And I think, I guess that's good because I'm super forgetful. So I'm like basically Dory uh, from Finding, <laughs> Finding Nemo. Um, but, uh, but yeah, sometimes like in situations where it does cause me like emotional pain, right? So in, like it's, it's like say someone has said something to me, right? And it hurt me. But I don't say anything about it. I don't deal with it. I just like go draw stars. Um, I do, like if I keep unless it's you guys, because like with you guys, if I have a problem, I can actually talk to you guys about it. But if somebody else has said something to me or has hurt me, right? I keep pushing it down and I keep pushing it down. And I keep pushing it down, and then it's happening over and over again. I never tell them that they're doing something wrong that is hurting me, and then I explode, right? But I I I don't try to explode at them. I explode at my family. Like I tend to like go, like I get mad, I get angry, you know, I throw fits at them, which I think is super unfair to them, but that's what happens. Um, but yeah, that that does happen to me quite a bit. Like I do explode. <laughs> do, yeah. you think, do you think it's because you feel like safe to explode around your family? I think it's because I know they're not going to leave, right? And I know that like if I explode at them and I yell at them and I'm like, I hate everything and I, I do that in front of them I know they're not going to leave me because they're my family right uh and I know my family by nature they're never going to do that to me 
so yeah, I think I think that is like I do I feel I feel it's like a safety net, but mm-hmm. it's like a toxic version of a safety net, you know? Um also since if you if you eventually feel like your push down methods don't work and you do want an actual coping strategy, like don't hesitate to come to any of us. We can try to figure out we can try to help you figure out what works for you. Yeah, I think like I think what's been working for me is I've been like recent recently at least I've been talking to my therapist a little bit, right? So I like I text him once in a while. I'm like, hey, like this, this, this is what's been going on with me, right? Uh, and he gives me some advice, but it's not like a constant thing. So it's not like a constant coping mechanism, right? But it is a coping mechanism. I think I think something that definitely works for me is talking, like talking about my problems or talking about things, because uh, writing freaks me out, man. <laughs> but like speaking <laughs> about it is like it's like no like it helps but yeah so that I think I think definitely I would I would probably like I would definitely appreciate if you guys would be open to sit down with me and you know have this conversation bro my therapist got pregnant and she upped and left me <laughs> what <laughs> what yeah your, your therapist left you because she got pregnant yeah wow all right like really the baby's more important than my problems Right? Like, this is your third baby. Chill. <laughs> anyway. You told me your therapist just stop listening to the podcast. No. God. She knows just... about it, though. Great. <laughs> um, I think those are some great ways to combat burnout, guys. <laughs> I think for me, like a lot of these coping strategies actually fall into like my researched ways to combat and prevent burnout, right? So that's like analyzing your current situation, which works really well if you're like journaling or meditating. I know I like meditating, sorry, Arya, but I like it for like a reflection thing, right? Because I don't like writing, I find like my brain and my head don't move at the same time so i just like thoughts are everywhere and it's just a mess right like there's no flow so i like just like thinking about it and i find meditation to be useful for that or just like taking care of yourself right so be that baking yourself something to stress right i cannot tell you how many times i've made myself like loaves of bread just because i'm like stressed and then ate loaves of bread right or just like self-care yourself pop on a face mask bubble bath yourself like vibe i don't know oh my god bubble bath that 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 right there that definitely helps me okay i don't bubble bath obviously but i take baths just randomly in the middle of the week it's like wednesday like it's like it's like wednesday night it's like 10 o'clock in the night and i'm like I need a bath. And I just go like sit in the bath for like five hours. And my brother's like, it's 4 p.m. When are you coming out? And I'm like, 4 a.m. When are you coming out? I was like, someday, someday I will come out. <laughs> Reassuring. But yeah, the baths definitely help me. Mm. There's something about baths that are just so comforting. It's like you're in a massive warm hug for your entire body. Until it gets too hot and then you start to overheat and sweat like I do usually because my water's too hot. Always. Best stress me out. Why? Because you don't have a knob to freaking close your tub. Okay, you put cardboard. Are you? 
then also just like sometimes straight up removing yourself from like whatever's stressing you out. Like Sandy mentioned, there was a time when we were all working on this project that was really stressing us out. Mm-hmm. No, uh, but like felt like it wasn't the right place to stay anymore. So. Yeah, because it was stressing us out and it was like not a healthy environment for us anymore, which is fair. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like reducing your exposure to those stressors and toxic environments is like okay. So if you have a toxic project or workplace like we did, yeeting yourself out of there. Toxic friends, yeet yourself out of there. Toxic. I was just gonna, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to like toxic friends. I was going to mention toxic people. It doesn't even have to be a friend, okay? It can literally be anybody. Like, you don't even consider them your friend, but they can be extremely toxic for, me, for you, right? And um, yeet yourself out of there. <laughs> The passion in which you said that and pointed your finger. <laughs> yes. We post like the actual video for that on the TikTok or something because it was yeah. so passionate. Yeah. Um, I think something that's really, really helped me is just like relying on your loved ones. Like I cannot tell you the amount of times that Mitha or Sans or Isha or Meher has seen me super, super stressed out while we're on a work call and has offered to like help me with my assignment or help me figure out this one homework question that I'm stuck on. And like Isha has helped me with countless like factoring questions at the beginning of the quad. And to her, it might just seem like a way to pass the time um, or just something she's doing that's like really small, but the, the impact that it has on me, just in terms of like how much it helps me and how much it de-stresses me is just so insane right? So rely on your loved ones. Like I, I don't hesitate to ask any of you four for help. And that's helped me so much. Uh, I agree hundred percent. Cause I know I was like, oh my God, relying on your loved ones is like, it definitely comes into play when, uh, I think it was like the last quad, um, like the last quadmaster, I had like two courses and they were like, after testing around and like seven assignments to do, and I had four days to finish them. And Aria literally like, I was like, Aria, I'm freaking out. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, this is just too much. I don't know if I can finish all of this, right? And this girl sits down and she made a whole calendar for me. And she was like, like 4.50, you do this. You do this till like 5.10 and then the 5.10, you take a 10-minute break and then this and that. And I like follows. And in seven days, I was easily able to finish like all of my assignments. And like, honestly, relying on her, it just took so much stress off of me. And it was just, like, I knew that there was somebody behind me and like backing me up. Every single person, I had this like massive essay to write. It was like a five-page essay for one of these like seven assignments I had to do. But when I tell you, every single one of our friends. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it was so helpful. Like definitely rely on your loved ones uh, because you are not like burdening them with your work. You are just like, like you're you're just sharing it with them, and it's like that's okay. And yeah, that's what they're there for. They're there to help you. Definitely. And if that is something that works for you. Right. I think, I mean, I think it's a pretty universal technique, but like if it works for you, I think building systems to support that is really beneficial. I know like in our friend group, we've got this like code system. And if somebody really feels like they need to talk to someone, they can send one of our codes in our group chat. And like the second someone sees that, they'll respond. And like we are ancient and we text on Slack. Don't come at us we're old, it's useful, right? Um, and on Slack, you've got the setting where you can 
get these like keywords that like will override your do not disturb. Um, and I've put a keyword in for all of our codes. So they automatically override my, don't, do, my do not disturb. So like, I know that if someone in our group ever needs to talk, like someone's always there to listen. And I used that on occasion. And I, I've found it really useful because like when you're freaking out or having like a panic attack or something, like you need someone there with you immediately. Yeah, these quotes I think are definitely helpful in our friend group. And I think everyone in our friend group takes those quotes extremely seriously. So it's not like one of those like, like, oh, like, oh my God, like we're teenagers and we have codes. No, like these quotes are like pretty serious and we take them like extremely seriously unless it's like things like banana candle, banana candle. Uh, but yeah, so like codes like banana candle are like, put your glasses on me though, like kind of like that, right? So we have fun codes too, but like some of them are extremely serious and we take them super seriously. I think knowing that you have that support system who takes you seriously and is actually worried about you and is all, will always be there for you is really important. That takes such an emotional turn. Crying yes. time. <laughs> oh my God, Aria, please. Um, in terms of combating burnout, just another additional way to help combat burnout. Actually, no, we've already mentioned that. In terms of preventing burnout, just another additional way to prevent burnout is just like celebrate your wins, right? Like as we said earlier, a lot of us only focus on the negatives. We only, we, we tend to ignore the positives and that can lead to stress and feelings of frustration and being overwhelmed. But if you celebrate the small little things, right? Like you got a hundred on a test, you finished your quad, you, whatever it may be, just celebrate the wins, right? Like don't let those small moments in life go unnoticed. Definitely. And I think that's something everyone can like work, at least something I can majorly work on. And I think also having friends who like force you to celebrate your wins is like pretty snazzy. Like Sandy showed up to my house with the gifts I mentioned earlier and her mom said congratulations when she hugged me. And like, you guys laughed and my mom was like, congratulations for what? You just wrote an exam. And I was like, but like having friends to like celebrate your wins, but sometimes you, you yourself can't see them because it's just become part of your life. It's like really helpful. You deserve that congratulations, Bugs. You did so well and I'm genuinely so proud of you. And honestly, like, I don't know how you did it, but you did it and you got through it. And that's super important. I'm super proud of you for that. Well done. Yeah, um, okay, so one of the things that you can do to combat burnout is changing your view on work. And that sounds like an extremely broad thing, like, oh, how are we supposed to do that? It's actually really, really small things, like like trying to find some value in your work, right? So like, like <laughs> sometimes I do research for like these episodes, right? And I'm like, I get really tired and I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah. And then I think about it and I'm like, at a later date, in like some point in my life, I'm gonna to have to write an essay about burnout and I'm gonna use all of this information for that, right? So trying to find that little value in that and like realizing that later on in life too, this stuff can become important, right? Um, and finding a good work, work-life balance. I think that's a super basic thing. I think we've already talked about this a couple of times in, the, in, in, like in this episode, but that is super important to like make sure that you're not like, constantly working like that's not good for anyone like constantly working you're not trying to like like your brain is just going to turn to mush at one point if you keep doing that right so um 
Like, take a break, go on a walk, go on a run, bake like Mila does. I don't know, do something, but don't constantly be working. That's not good for you. Become friends with people that you work with. So for me, definitely, like, I work at this, like, I, well, I used to, like, I used to work at this, like, like youth working, right? Oh, my God. I literally met these two lovely girls there, and they, like, live in Burlington, and now I, like, hang out with them in Burlington. I had no friends in Burlington before this, right? Because, like, all my friends live in, like, Chicago and Oakville and, like, really far away from me. But now I have these like amazing friends and like every time I go to work and I see them, even if their shift was before me, I'm like, oh my God, you know, like it's, it's a great like way to like prep myself up, which is a great thing. Take, again, take breaks from time to time. That's another thing. You need to take breaks. Take little, little breaks. Take five minute breaks. Take some breaks for yourself. You need it. And make sure you work out. I don't do it, but do it. It's always good for you. Even like a little walk around your house is a good workout. Uh, as long as you're not just sitting on your chair all day so do that pro tip for working out if you're on like a productivity call with your friends sometimes isha will force me to do a just dance with her like one of those just dance like dances or if i've been working for like the last hour she's like okay up we get lady gaga just dance let's do this thing <laughs> and i think that's like a really good way to take a break and get a little exercise in yeah. while having I think I think we were like one day we were all on call and we were all we had all been working for like the past six hours and then someone joined and we we're like she's oh, I think it was in the hair and the hair joined she goes we're doing a Chloe Ting's arm workout and I was like oh and then me and Aria were just like moving our arms up and down and we we're like oh my god this is so tired <laughs> and I think like different strategies work for different people right um there's some universal ones obviously talking to homies always good um taking breaks always good but figuring out what works for you is pretty important and we hope this episode kind of helped with that maybe you did maybe you didn't send us some coping strategy recommendations for sananda perhaps we can find yeah out please i'm not gonna dress, i'm not gonna like go through all the paper in my house throwing stars <laughs> <laughs> um so we're just gonna wrap this up with our main takeaways who would like to Take it away with main takeaways. See what I did there. You're so funny. Ha ha ha. By the way, I don't know if you guys can't you guys can't see this, but Arya's falling asleep. This is pretty I'm late in the like night at this point. Right now. Yeah, it's pretty late in the night at this point. So She's got like a blanket and everything. I still have to work out. No, are you crazy? Go to bed. No, I need to work. Ow. Are we running this. tomorrow morning? Yeah, I think that we should not be doing this on weekends. It did not work. Yeah. Okay, move on. Okay, so my main takeaway is you treat a wounded animal with love, not like verbal abuse. So if you're experiencing burnout, treat yourself. <laughs> so if you're experiencing burnout, treat yourself the same way, right? Like be patient with yourself, implement coping strategies. And remember that like, being mean to yourself and beating yourself up isn't going to help anything. Midha. I don't know if that was call, calling me out or telling me to do my main takeaway. Calling you out. Okay. Yes, very facts. <laughs> I'm going to do my main takeaway anyways then. Um, I think my main takeaway for all you lovely folks is like not everything needs to be optimally productive at all times it's not sustainable it's not healthy little slip-ups are okay they're only human right 
a bad grade here and there is okay. Breaks are not destroying your productivity, they're only amplifying it. So don't constantly feel like you have something to prove to yourself or to the world and you need to work all the time for it. I definitely agree with that. And I think, again, I'm gonna say this again, take breaks, guys. I'm repeating what Mavis said again. Take breaks, very important. Um, my main takeaway for you guys is definitely going to be be patient with yourself. Like Ari already said this, but like what I mean is like don't expect change to happen overnight. Of course, you're going to want to try to break out of this loop of break, like burnout because nobody wants to be part of like in in that loop, right? Of course, you're going to like try to like figure out ways that or, that you can cope, right? But it took Aria like three different tries to like figure out what worked for her, and I still don't know what works for me even after like. Try, like trying a bunch of different stuff right so be patient with yourself it's okay to take that time all right but taking that time out for yourself figuring this stuff out and then continuing to be patient with yourself and working on the stuff oh, like all all constantly because nothing's going to change overnight it's extremely important if you're trying to break out of this loop and when you do figure it out and when you start working on it when you finally do break out of it just know i'm proud of you i am too I am three. And with that very wholesome note, we wrap up this episode about burnout. I hope you guys learned something. I hope this episode helped you. As the school year is wrapping up, I think a lot of people might be experiencing some symptoms of burnout right now. So this is useful. And yeah, to the loop. See you next week.